heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome to Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Lee for America and for Malcolm. And we're going to be talking about what do we do to find our guide, our North Star, so to speak, when things get tough and we are in turbulent times. What is going to be a reliable guide to help us through the turmoil and uncertainty, particularly what we've been facing over the COVID pandemic and what we're facing with a new administration and so much upheaval and turmoil and change in our country. I want to talk tonight about the bigger picture of our country and what helped our founders through the incredibly turbulent times around the beginning of the American Revolution and the quest for liberty and independence at a time of oppression from King George. What did they turn to? What do we have available? And in large part, our founders were Christian men and women. They were very well grounded in the scriptures and what the Old and New Testament said and taught. They were far more literate about the Bible and what its teachings were than the majority of Americans are today. And I think that's an important difference between the turbulence and the turmoil and the danger and the threats to life and liberty that our founders faced versus what we face. They had a North Star. They had their grounding in the Bible even more so than we do. And I wanted to explore that tonight with a guest who has spent his life and career working in many aspects of that. But first, I'd like to give you a brief background on a term that may be new to some of you, and that is Christian apologetics. Now, I can remember when I first heard that term, I was thinking, why should we apologize for being Christian? What is that, and what does it mean, Christian apologetics? I was quite confused when I heard that term a number of years ago. But to clarify, The term apologetics in this context derives from the Greek word apologia. Although it is derived from the same word as the later English noun apology and the adjective apologetic, the meaning of apologia in Greek is quite significantly different from our modern understanding. In the ancient Greek 
an apologia was a legal defense of oneself, similar to the speech that a modern day defense lawyer makes on behalf of their client. It did not mean a regretful acknowledgement of an offense or failure as the Oxford English Dictionary defines the noun apology or the adjective apologetic. An apologia in Greek is a carefully reasoned defense of one's beliefs or actions. So with that in mind, then we can define Christian apologetics as the task of developing and sharing a logical reasoned case as an argument for the truth and rationality of Christianity and the falsehood and irrationality of alternatives. And the aim of this defense, this logical reasoned case, is to strengthen the faith of believers and to encourage non-believers to consider Christ. So with that background, I'd like to in introduce our guest tonight, Dr. Timothy Gordon, who goes by Tim. And earlier in his career, Tim was a Navy commander and ultimately retired from the Navy with 30 years of active and reserve Navy and US Air Force military service. He then spent 25 years as a manufacturing and clinical data analyst, analyst with Micron Technology and the Department of Veterans Affairs. Great place for someone with his military background and working in the um, VA system in healthcare and as a data analyst. Currently, Tim has retired from his career and is the academic advisor where he focuses on quality improvement projects for Boise, Idaho Classical Academy. Tim's academic training includes a BA in biology and religion and a master's in religion from Eastern New Mexico University. He also has an MPA in healthcare administration from Troy University, a master of science in information systems from Nova Southeastern University. And he's currently working on a doctorate as well, which he's going to tell you more about during the course of, of our program tonight. Tim started out in campus ministry at Boise State University and Eastern New Mexico University in the late 70s and early 80s, and is currently the academic coordinator and an adjunct instructor for biblical studies in Boise, which is a satellite campus of Oklahoma Christian University. Tim and his lovely wife, Judy, whom I've met several times and we just had dinner last week when they were visiting Arizona from Idaho. They have four grown children and six grandchildren and Tim and Judy enjoy traveling, 
staying healthy and working out, volunteering, teaching, developing classes, and publishing resources for Christians. I'm not sure how he finds time to do all of that, but Tim is definitely a fascinating guest. Welcome to our show tonight, Tim. Thank you, Dr. Lee, and thank you to all of you listeners. You are, you're so welcome. I'm, I'm interested, and I'm sure our lis- listeners are interested, how did you get started in studying Christian and scientific apologetics when you were in seminary? And how do you see this field of endeavor helping you as you are teaching and working with others and guiding people through these turbulent times? Um. That's a great question. Um, it's it's been a real journey for sure. I am. Um, I I've had several mentors during my life who have played a key role in in my development um, in these areas. Um, early on, I had a uh, a man who was a um, had his own ministry in apologetics. He was a, a geologist by trade. And he used to travel around the country and do these um, seminars and um, conferences on weekends to churches and schools all over America. And um, he um, used to be a uh, an atheist um, prior to that, a very a very militant atheist. In fact, as a young man, he worked for Madeline Murray O'Hare who was uh, one of the most famous or infamous, if you will, atheists in the history of our country. And she used to be the president of the American Atheist Association. Well, anyway, he worked for her. And um, uh, in the course of some of his research, he ended up becoming a Christian um, over time um, after he began reading the Bible. He began a research project working for this organization to find all the stupidity in the Bible. He said he read, uh, read the Bible through four times, and ultimately, ultimately the, the truth that was in Scripture led to his becoming a Christian, along with a, a very stubborn woman in his life, <laughs> who was a big part of that. So um, I began reading and listening to him um, over the years, and it just struck me that he he had such coherent arguments and evidence because of his training in science. And um, I have continued to keep up with him over the years. He's an older man in his 80s now, and we still keep up with each other. But he had a big impact on me, and um, I decided that I wanted to um, do some advanced study on my own. And so um, about oh, eight, nine years ago, I began my own study um, in Christian apologetics at a seminary, which is one of the best in the world, Southern Evangelical Seminary in apologetics. And they had a man there who was, um, who was the director of the uh, Institute for Science Apologetics, and he's very well known in the field of intelligent design, 
fact, he's one of the top intelligent design thinkers in the world. Uh, when I found out he was the director, I signed up right away to, to enroll in this program, um, both uh, to get a certification in science apologetics and then to go on and earn my doctorate in Christian apologetics. So after, after about six or seven years, I finally finished. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I have a pretty good handle, I think, on, on the issues of apologetics. And um, some of those issues involve, you know, the ethical and moral and cultural issues that we see happening in our country today. In fact, <clears throat> one of the reasons I was so interested in this is because of the moral and ethical disintegration of, you know, our values in this country, uh, which, you know, if you've lived long enough, you, you can see that happening almost daily in our culture. And it's very disturbing. And so, um, with that in mind, plus the fact that atheists are becoming more and more vocal in their um, repudiation of the Christian God, uh, that was another reason I wanted to study this was to be able to counter um, what these atheists have been doing. So, um, you know, I, I did this study and I, I'm now, um, developing other resources for Christians in order to strengthen and train them to be able to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm very, um, you know, committed to doing that. As Dr. Lee mentioned, I have written a few books um, on, on these topics of creating literacy, both in the Bible and in science for other Christians to be equipped, if you will, in order to be able to defend their faith. As she eloquently explained to you, the purpose of this, of course, is to defend the Christian faith against all enemies. And um, so that really, that pretty much explains, I think, the background of, of where I'm coming from. Well, I think you're absolutely right that Certainly over my lifetime, we have seen the disintegration of the, the fabric that had been woven together so beautifully to create America. Actually, was part of a radio show a number of years ago called America's Fabric. And we looked at all of the different dimensions, the threads that were woven together to create such a unique nation from so many people of so many different backgrounds, yet shared values and goals to make our lives better for those who came after us as well as for our life. And there were just so many aspects that had held us together for so long. And literally since the 60s, we've been seeing this fabric that had been so well knit and worked so beautifully woven from different colors and threads and just the, the whole picture that made our nation so great. 
and it's absolutely being ripped apart, torn apart, thread by thread, pitting every group under the sun against each other and finding ways to tear apart all that held us together to the point that during the COVID pandemic, the, the radicals succeeded in escalating that agenda on steroids and everything was torn apart. Communities, churches, schools, families, people were dying and families couldn't visit. We talked with someone this week whose brother died alone and how horrible it was. So I, I think we're seeing an even bigger need for exactly the kind of work that you've been doing. And, and I think we, it's, it's become quite urgent, actually. Yes, I would agree. It's, it's needed now more than ever. And I try to encourage more and more people to, uh, uh, to be trained and to learn this material so they can defend their faith against, against these evil forces that are in our country. You know, they're in our academic institutions. They're, they're in the workforce. You know, they're in our government. Uh, they're in our um, corporations. You see this all around and it's getting worse and worse. And, um, you know, I would say that the devil is, <clears throat> is alive and well working in this country to bring, uh, bring down mankind and to um, get God out of this country if, if, he could, if he can. I mean, I'm certain that that's one of his goals is to bring America down. And um, he's succeeding to some degree because you can certainly see all of these evil forces working um, uh, against God, uh, against his people. And it's a real challenge. You know, we have our work cut out for us. Well, how would you propose that we start on the solution? Is it small groups in our homes? Is it small groups online? Is it an organized program? What are your thoughts about how to take some steps to help restore a guide for people to help them through this assault of the evil around us? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll tell you how it started for me. Um, I started my um, biblical training and I have a pretty strong background in, in biblical studies and, and the Greek language. And, um, and then of course I have a, my undergraduate training is in biology. And so uh, I decided when I was, my, my kids were in high school that I didn't want them to have to learn this stuff through either through their school or even the church, because in many cases, the church, churches do not teach um, these things the way they should. And so many people are still biblically illiterate. And so I wanted my children to be literate with these issues that I felt were important. And so I began working on the foundation of this series that I called Know What You Believe for a while, which was about 60, 60 studies um, 
from A to Z. In other words, it began with, um, you know, the Bible and then went through a series in theology, church history, uh, Christ and the church. Um, and then um, my latest series is on the afterlife. In other words, what does the Bible teach uh, about our existence after death? Um, because uh, unfortunately, the evangelical world in many ways has, has dropped the ball on this stuff. And I didn't want to depend on them to, um, to train my kids. So I began developing this series and actually teaching them to begin with before I um, started teaching these series in a number of churches in the area. So I, I ultimately, I, I put these studies together into the, the series that they are and, and then began publishing them to make them available to churches and small groups individuals that just wanted to learn these things uh, to make them literate in these areas. Because I found out in my teaching, I would usually ask the question, has anyone ever taught you these things? And most of the time, the answer was no. And so immediately what comes to mind, in my mind, is that people like myself who have been trained in seminary have not gone back to their local churches and have taught these people um, what they learned themselves in seminary. They're just dropping the ball. They're not doing it. And so I decided that was not going to be the case for me. So I made a commitment that I was going to develop these series, which I call Bible Literacy uh, Study Guides, to make people literate in these areas and, and then give them a tool or a resource, if you will, for them to take and and do the same thing with another group of people, with their own families, with the small groups and churches and so on. So that's basically um, the gist behind all of that. Well, I, I think that's an excellent idea. And actually it ties in with a study group that my husband and I participated in, in Santiago, Chile, when we were there working on a medical project the church had a study group called the Truth Project, which was developed by Dr. Dell Tackett and focused on the family. And it actually was a 14-week series that took you through the various pillars of civilization from medicine, law, government, um, the church, the, all of the different dimensions of, of a civilization, philosophy, science. And it was a fascinating program where I really felt that we learned a lot beyond what we had been taught growing up in, in our own churches. And I think the idea of, of a study guide with small groups working together, similar to that, the, the Truth Project was based on groups of anywhere from 10 to 20 people meeting weekly in someone's home or a larger group perhaps at a church, but it was designed to be small group and discussion and interaction, study questions and experts speaking on different aspects, but then exploring it 
as individuals. So it sounds like that's very similar to the model that you've developed around the study guides. Would you see that as something that church groups could roll out across the country and people begin to use them in their homes with small groups of people? Yes, I sure would. I'm, I'm thankful for people like Dell and others who are doing that because uh, we just, we really need those kinds of resources and we need for them to be promoted. Um, now I say that being someone who has not really begun to promote all of my study guides yet because I've been so busy. Um, uh, so I, I still plan to do that and I would like to get to, to get my studies out there and promote them um, to a wider audience. But I do believe that the materials that I have developed will take that person and, and bring them to what I call a baseline literacy in, in Bible literacy. Um, part of my doctoral dissertation was in the area of Bible and science literacy. And I used quite a, a significant research and data component in there to, to look at those items. Um, and I've written a Kindle book on that as well on, on Bible literacy. Um, so it's really an important thing for me. Uh, I want people to know this stuff. I don't want them to be illiterate. And that's a challenge because everywhere I've been, all the churches that I have taught these series in, there is a problem with literacy. Their pastors and their teachers are not really doing the job. Now I say that, but th there's a few people that are, and but I see this as a general problem. And if you look at the statistics, the research that that's out there by the Barna Group and others, uh, their research shows that there, this is a problem, even though we've got more resources and more Bibles than we've ever had. It's just not translating down to the people to, so that they are trained in these areas to take this material and be able to defend their own faith and teach their own kids and, and people that are in their sphere of influence. Well, I, I think this is something that might lend itself to, for example, um, a talk radio series that you could do once a week where, where you would be, or maybe twice a week, but the point is where you could be using today's technology to reach more people than just the small group. My concern is that I see things moving at warp speed. I mean, Operation Warp Speed was referring under the Trump administration to the development of the vaccines and monoclonal antibodies. But I see warp speed today as referring to the rate of destruction of everything that has been the foundation of our constitutional republic. So if we don't find a way to turn this around more quickly with creating a core group of, of people who are educated and knowledgeable and who can themselves get out and help to develop more who are knowledgeable and passionate about defending liberty, 
and defending our Christian values and our faith, we're, we may not have an opportunity to do that at the rate things are going. You've been in the military and you know what, it, what happens when you're in the middle of a war. You haven't got a lot of time to waste if you're going to pull out a win. So what do you suggest on that aspect? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I think my military uh, experience has been helpful to me in looking at, at what's real and what's objective, probably different than a lot of people. Um, just because, you know, we deal with very real enemies and uh, that are trying to kill us. And uh, you have to understand what's real and what's true. And so- Well, let's uh, explore that very point, what's real and what's true, when we come back from our break. We'll stop right here and take a brief break, and we'll be right back on Voice of a Nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. For Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech, canceling any of the freedoms that our Constitution guarantees, is not an option. Five years on the air and we will not be silenced. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Welcome back to Voice of a Nation. This is Dr. Lee for America, in for Malcolm tonight. And we are talking with Dr. Timothy Gordon, a retired Navy commander, a retired data analyst with uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs and Micron Technology, and a doctorate in... Christian Apologetics from Southern Evangelical Seminary. As he likes to go by Tim, I will just say that Tim was talking with us 
before the break about a plan of action to help us during turbulent times. And he was talking about what's real and what's not. So Tim, why don't you pick it up from there? Thank you. Uh, yes, I, I'd like to say a word about your suggestion earlier to do a regular podcast on this kind of thing. And I think that's good. There's already a number of people like myself who are trained apologists who are doing that very thing. Um, and it's ironic that today I had a conversation with an associate of mine here in Boise, who is the executive director of the Biblical Studies Center. Um, I am their academic coordinator. And so I work with him closely on a number of things. And he told me today for the first time that uh, they are going to begin their own podcasting series uh, to do this very thing for the college campus that we locally support. So, um, I told him that sounded intriguing and I'm looking forward to helping him being involved in that as much as I can. So uh, I, I definitely um, will be giving that more thought. I, I, you know, we need to get the word out there. There's no doubt about it using all of the uh, electronic and technological means that we possibly can uh, with the internet, with radio, TV, um, all these options that we have available to us, we really do need to be taking advantage of these. So I will be looking into doing that um, uh, from here on out. I, I think that is so critically needed. And I, and I actually think we need to leverage today's technology to get the word out. I liked the concept of the Truth Project and working with small groups in people's homes. But we really need something that can take place more quickly than that and leverage the technology to reach more groups because time is really in many ways running out. We look at the executive orders that the Biden administration has put in place and granted, he didn't write them all, I mean, I don't, I, I've watched him behaviorally and cognitively as a physician, and I can tell you he's not capable of writing the complex executive orders that have been handed down. Obviously, they've been planning those for quite a while, and they were already in the works, being written or already written, ready to roll. So when they were that prepared to start unwinding the accomplishments of the Trump administration as fast as they did and damaging the economy with the steps they've taken and opening the borders. We really, we're in a war, a spiritual war between the forces of good and evil and a political and an economic war for control of the country. We don't have a lot of time to waste. Yes, Dr. Lee, there's no question about it. I sort of look at this as a challenge in a similar way to um, the movie, The Matrix. If you remember, if you've ever seen that movie, uh, you have Neo, you know, the main character in the movie. He is confronted with the option of taking the red pill or the blue pill. And 
course, we know he chose the red pill in order to see what was really happening in the world around him. Or he could have taken the blue pill and gone right back into his illiterate world that he lived in and not knowing the, the reality of the things that were happening in the world. So I see my I see the challenge that I have before me uh, as trying to red pill our churches as well as the, the public on what is really happening in the world out there. Uh, it's a huge challenge because there's so many people that drink the Kool-Aid from the mainstream media and um, Hollywood and the other cultural forces out there that are just telling them one lie after another. And much of it is going unchallenged. And so it's up to us, it really is, to, um, to challenge those forces and to uh, red pill our public and our churches on what is really happening out there. And so I take that as a, I take that as a personal challenge. Um, and Dr. Lee is doing that very thing as well with, with this radio show, uh, along with others. Um, it's a huge challenge and I'm glad to see people like her stepping up and doing this. Well, it's going to take all of us and the more that we can work together and collaborate and, and cross disciplinary boundaries. I mean, theoretically, my field is medicine, but we can't practice medicine in a vacuum. We need the freedom to determine what is right for each patient. We haven't had that in a lot of years, actually, with government intrusion into the practice of medicine, beginning with the Medicare Act in 1965. So we've been having encroaching government intrusion into the practice of medicine and government intrusion on the preservation of life with rationing of care for older people at the end of life and then looking at the whole issue of abortion on demand and taking the lives of unborn babies. So we've had so many different ways in which our core values have been attacked as a physician who believes in the sanctity of life and individual liberty to even decide our own medical decisions. I can't sit back and say, well, I'm just going to practice medicine because government has already intruded on the practice of medicine. Government has already intruded on the practice of writing medical articles and publishing research. We literally have been stymied in getting medical publications on studies showing effective treatment for COVID are blocked from publication by the powers that be that control the narrative in medicine, government, technology, all of those fields. So we can't afford to have all of us sit back and say, well, my field is medicine or my field is religion or my field is economics because they all are affected. That's absolutely true, uh, Dr. Lee. There's an assault on every one of those areas that you mentioned in our country. Um, they're trying to bring us down. Uh, they're trying to spread lies. Um, we, you know that uh, 
this country was founded by leaders who escaped religious persecution overseas. They came over here, start a new life and to practice their faith. And our religious, our, sorry, our educational institutions like Harvard, Yale and others were founded on religious principles. But if you look around today, none of those schools look like they're even close to being schools that were founded on those religious principles. And it's very sad to watch the disintegration of all of these uh, disciplines that we study. You know, you mentioned medicine, economics, religion. I've seen assaults on all of these areas and trying to bring down the country um, in ways that are very destructive. And so we do have our work cut out for you. It's a challenge and we all need to be on the same team. Um, there's no room for fighting here. We need to, to work together in the best way we can to counter these challenges to our country and our culture. Well, one of the things that, <clears throat> I mean, I think that's, that's just urgently needed as I've said, and one of the things that we are doing, for example, with some of my physician colleagues, and there's another one coming up this Wednesday, we're, we're doing a lot of webinars that bring in people from different fields to present and open it up for dialogue. We, we often will have physicians, scientists, we may have some policy experts, we may have some military people, we may have pastors, for example. And I'm, I'm almost thinking that a multifaceted group of leaders of using our technology, but a multifaceted group of leaders to help spearhead the discussion and, and getting people to think outside of their own narrow area of interest or training. And I think that would help. I, I think there probably are many other ways that we can broaden this and move it more quickly. But this, this assault on life from all directions is truly quite chilling and even in the development of the new experimental vaccines for COVID, we're seeing just widespread ignoring the regulations and procedures and safeguards that have been in place the whole modern era of medicine since the FDA was started with people being coerced into being vaccinated, whether or not they have medical risk, whether or not they've had COVID and recovered and have natural immunity. And this is just another dimension of the assault on life, which is our creator's gift, not the government's to control. And that all goes to a lot of the points you've been bringing up in your study guides I'm, I'm also particularly interested in the book that you wrote on the afterlife. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. How is it different 
from most books on eschatology or the end times? Uh, thanks for asking that. Yes, I am. Um... I decided about, I think it was about 12 or 13 years ago that I needed to write this book because uh, um, the, in the evangelical world, people are so um, fearful of what is happening in history that what they do is they listen to and they read these uh, uh, sources on the end, end of the world, if you will. And uh, um, much of it, I, I think, is just not very good. It's not biblical. In fact, you have guys that uh, promote themselves as experts, for example, on the book of Revelation, who are not even trained in biblical studies. They don't have the Greek um, and the theological training to do this, yet they have become the so-called experts in in this field. And so what is happening is uh, these millennial doctrines that are being taught in many of our churches really uh, distort the biblical truth. Um, and I decided that I needed to write a book on what the Bible actually says happens to us after we die. And I, I need to just explain that for a moment. Um, so I look at eschatology, which is the study of the end times. And um, the way I look at that is, is in a, uh, a twofold fashion. One is the eschatology of history, which is what so many people are hung up on. They, you know, they care about, you know, what happens from now to the end of the world versus what I wrote my book on, The Afterlife, which is the eschatology of the individual. And I think that's much more important because we have control over that. In other words, by our faith in Jesus Christ and our obedience to the gospel, we have control over what happens to our individual destinies. We do not have control over what happens from now until the end of time. But so many people are hung up on that. And the world uh, is very confused by all these um, doomsday teachings that are out there that in many ways are just distorted. And the Bible uh, is distorted and people get uh, very confused about it. And so I wrote this book of nine chapters to deal with what happens to us as individuals when we die, beginning with uh, an overview of the afterlife and running all the way through the doctrines of heaven and hell. And along the way, we cover things like uh, the immortality of the soul, the resurrection of the body, uh, the second coming of Christ, which some people refer to as the rapture. Um, and um, we try to look at what the Bible actually says on these topics, because, again, my contention is that we have more control over that than we do the history of the world. And so thanks for asking, Dr. Lee. That's that's why I wrote that book. And so I'm actually teaching through that series in that book right now at a local church. And I've taught it that's several times. If, if our listeners want to hear that program, is it available online, the one that you're teaching now on the 
afterlife and the eschatology? Yes, it's it's um, the classes being live streamed and archived out on um, YouTube. So if you just go into YouTube and run a search on Boise Church of Christ, uh, you can see the videos that have been posted so far out there that, in my series on the afterlife. Okay, listeners, I hope you heard that. Boise Church of Christ. Dot com is that the website? Well, actually, actually, if they just go to YouTube and they they search for Boise Church of Christ, then they'll get the hit. They will get their um, channel, and they'll be able to view all those videos out there. Well, that's that is wonderful that that resource is up there. Now, do you have any concerns that YouTube is going to censor them and take them down as they've done with so many of our medical programs? I'm not sure. You know, I don't think that the church is, uh, at least our, our church where I'm doing this, I don't think that they've had a problem with any censor, censorship at this point. I'm not sure they're too concerned with it unless they start getting into the political realm. I think when they start getting into politics, then that's where... Um, the censorship really happens. At this point, I don't see that as a risk, but you never know <laughs> with well, Satan being alive and well. That's exactly right. And, and actually, it's very hard because politics has so intruded on religion these days. It's very hard to keep the two separate, just as we thought we were putting out factual medical videos and they They've all been taken down by ones from reputable doctors that are simply presenting the results of many clinical trials and, and control studies, as well as observational studies, clinical outcomes, and the, the videos are being censored. So as, as a suggestion, you might want to think about having the backup channel on Rumble. That's what we're doing with a lot of our medical information that's being censored because I think surely our listeners out there, many of them have been suspended from Twitter. Many of the listeners are dealing with seeing censorship in and around them every day. And I just think this is another avenue where we risk that. I'm glad it's available and thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Do you have any other websites or resources that you want to share with people so that they can access some of the material that you have, your books, for example? Yes, I have um, a number of my books are, are on Amazon, either as printed books or uh, uh, Kindle books. And if you just Google my name, Timothy Gordon, um, you should be able to get, get the hit hits on on my books that are out there including the one on the afterlife which we are following in that class dr lee i want to thank you for the tip you just gave me about using rumble i do have a rumble um, account i haven't used it yet but that's a great tip to put those out there just in case um you know the worst case scenario happens and they do start censoring censoring those on on youtube well it's just a good backup and there are a lot of right. people that Turning to Rumble because they know that so much has been censored on, on YouTube. 
And I, I just think that would be a smart thing to do. With regard to your, your work that intersects between the, the data analysis work at the VA, your military background, and now the religious studies, do you see a way to pull all of that together to create a new approach in this area? That's a great question. You know, I'd really need some time to think that through. Um, the fact that you have this podcast and the fact that my, my colleague over at the Biblical Studies Center told me today that they are beginning their podcast series is, is getting me to think a lot more seriously about this kind of thing. So I, I just need to think it through to see how I might be able to leverage the resources that I have. I do have a ton of resources, um, you know, um, that I could refer people to. I've got so much at my fingertips. And if I had the outlet to get them out to people, we could, we could probably cover a lot of ground there with people. That would be good. Well, put your thinking cap on. As I said, time is short. And we need to ramp up our outreach on all fronts and look at ways to defend it. I mean, I'm keenly aware of this in part because Arizona is being, and Texas too, of course, but the Arizona um, southern border is just being flooded with migrants. And with that is bringing more disruption, more um Social challenges, crime challenges, drug trafficking, human trafficking, as well as the whole issue that hardly anyone is talking about of diseases coming across the border. And while I understand the humanitarian aspects, it's not helpful for churches to be taking the stance that they are supporting the lawbreakers and increasing the burden on the law-abiding citizens of this country. So we, we really need to look at what's our role and what is our responsibility. Humanitarian services can be delivered in the country of origin for the people who are flooding our border. They don't have to be provided coming across the border and causing disruption and more burdens on our social systems when Americans themselves are out of work, are having trouble getting health care because of all of the disruption caused by the pandemic. So we are, we are really looking at a multitude of problems that, that don't have easy answers we're going to take a multifaceted approach and people thinking creatively for new solutions and approaches. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I heard a statistic um, either today or yesterday that as many as 10% of the illegals coming across the border may be infected with COVID-19, which uh, if so, that's a scary prospect to think about because there's thousands of people that are just flooding the border. And one other note on that I should add is um, about two or three years ago <clears throat> when, under President Trump, I sent President Trump, I sent the White House an email about my concerns 
for these thousands of people that were trying to come across our border from Central America. And I had done a study on violent psychopaths, uh, a doctoral study, and I've written a small book on that that you can get out on Amazon as well. But anyway, I told the White House that uh, if you just uh, look at the odds of the number of the percentages of people in the general population that are sociopaths and psychopaths that commit violent crimes, I told him that if you have, say, a group of 10,000 people that are coming across our border, then the odds are that 500 of those people are going to commit violent crimes uh, when they get into this country or have the potential to do so. Because uh, at least 50% of the violent crime in our country is committed by these individuals. And it's very interesting that not long after that, the DHS actually came out and they, they made a statement of their concern about the violent criminals that are coming across our border. And I don't know if what I had to say had anything to do with it, but, but it's very interesting because they present problems from, uh, like you say, many, many different perspectives that are really troubling to us in this country. So thank you, Dr. Gordon, for sharing your wealth of expertise with us today and some hopeful strategies for us to grab hold of and start implementing in our communities. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you to the audience. You're, you're, you're so welcome. I'm just grateful that Malcolm's giving us the opportunity for me to bring in some interesting guests from different fields during this month. I've been guest hosting for him. This is Dr. Lee for America, standing in for Malcolm, signing off for today. This is your life, your health, your own community, and your freedom and your country at stake. Get involved, get loud. Don't be afraid to speak up. Offer to help those around you with some of these new initiatives help make the world around you a better place.